I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we have a very interesting topic. In fact, I was so careful about the way that I looked for this particular podcast. And I was like, how am I looking? What is my skin like? Because we have a skin expert here to discuss about skincare, understanding the way that we appear to the public, especially in today's day and age when we have this audiovisual medium, we're back in, you know, home quarantine, we're going to be putting on our Zoom cameras. What is it that we look like? And how can we start taking care of our skin better? So join me in welcoming our guest for today, Chris Gibson. Chris, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Happy to be here. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get onto this journey? All right. Well, it's been 35 years this summer that I've been working with skincare, which people go, how is it usually possible? Because I don't think I look 57, about to be 58, but that's exactly where I'm at. Um, started in my teen years. So I started really early because I had a lot of skin issues with acne very early that we couldn't figure out how to clear up the dermatologist. It didn't work. None of the things I tried worked. And so, you know, I hung on to the story that I was told that when I was in my twenties, it would just go away. (laughs) So, well, it didn't. So I had to dig down and figure out what was causing it out of frustration, which is what usually drives most people to do things. Um, no internet back then, had to go to the library, had to go to Herbalist, um, which were kind of witch doctory to me at the time. <laughs> but I learned a whole lot in those early days about diet and its impact on your skin. And then, of course, that just because something is labeled to help you with a problem doesn't always mean that's going to work or that it's even good for that problem. So I learned that the hard way. But it sort of infused a passion in me once I got my own skin clear which was an amazing thing to me because I had gone years and years and years taking antibiotics. How did that feel when it finally happened? It was amazing. I mean, it was, I went on a, really what the whole thing started, the clearing was I went on a, on a fast for three days. I had no no sugar, no, none of that, uh, just water and apples actually for three days, high in fiber and the breakout stopped, completely stopped. My skin got completely clear. The whites of my eyes, I remember, were like super white and clear. So I knew that there was something to detoxing, personally, personal experience. And the acne, anytime I would go back and eat sugary foods, you know, processed foods, I would start to get breakouts again. So it was very easy for me to make that choice moving forward. But it blew my mind that I had spent all of those years and all that money and my parents had spent all of those years and all that money trying to clear out my skin. And all I had to do was change what I was eating and what I was using for skincare. And there was no more problem, wow. no more antibiotics, no more Accutane, no more any of that stuff. And fasting so is free. Was, yes. It didn't cost anything. Well, the apples, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, back then maybe a dollar for a bag of apples, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. Amazing. Now I did learn a lot of good things from my dermatologist. I learned about exfoliation. I learned about steaming the skin to open the pores, to allow the junk to come out. So there were some very helpful things. I don't want to make it sound like medical science was terribly wrong. They weren't. It's just that the medications did not help me. Mm. It was more gut health and product uh, sensitivities that were driving the acne as I got older. So now today, dermatologists and the medical science community knows a little bit more about that. They get the glycemic 
kick in the blood from sugar that helps flare up rosacea, psoriasis, eczema, and acne, all responsive to the immune system. And we know it's not just the oil. It's not your oil that's causing the problem. In fact, my dermatologist told me, don't curse the fact that you have oily skin because it will keep you from aging as quickly as most people that have drier skin. So I learned a ton of stuff from my dermatologist. I had the best dermatologist in the country at the time. So there were pluses that came out of that. So I helped people off and on with the problem, especially in my own family. And then I was writing a series of books for the corporate world on internet marketing after the dot-com bust. People may not remember that, but that was what in the late 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. Right. And my business partner's wife met me for the first time and said, you don't look your age. And I was 40 then. (laughs) (laughs) You don't look your age. That's crazy. I want you to tell me what you do. And I want you to tell my husband what you do so that he looks like you when he's your age. So that's sort of what got that ball rolling about the book. So I wrote a book talking about skincare, how I cleared up my own acne issues And it just went crazy. It was one of those things that was just the right time. People were still struggling and still are with those issues where the medications fail them and they're not making significant changes to their diet for them, whatever that may be. So the book took off and I took a bunch of questions for a couple of years, got that information in the book. And then I ended up on television for that book because a producer in Canada had picked that book up at a trade show for free. They didn't even pay for Mm -hmm. it and tried the stuff. And she was 43 years old, still suffering from acne since she was a kid, had a lot of scarring. It worked for her. So she had me come up to Canada, Ottawa and get on their national television and talk about what I was got to love Canadians because they're so (laughs) (laughs) open-minded. So they got me up there, got me on television. And then of course the U S wanted me on television after that. And I did that for four years. So that's kind of what I'm really known for. If you roll the clock back today, of course I'm on YouTube and I did start my YouTube channel really specific to skin conditions that were where medical science and products were failing people to solve that. That's how that got started, but it's evolved into anti-aging because now people know how old I am and they're more interested in that. I still get acne questions, but it's really evolved. So now I talk about everything, skincare products, skincare ingredients. I formulated two skincare lines uh, over the past 10, 15 years, one for acne and one for anti-aging. So I know a lot about ingredients and what they do and what works together and and uh, routines and all of that type of stuff. So it really has just evolved to this thing again. Second, what second thing? Mm-hmm. First was the book. Now it's this. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Maybe a book on anti aging is next for me. So yeah, I spend my time every day, late into the evening, answering questions about skincare on my blog and on the YouTube channel, and putting out uh, three to five videos a week on different topics. Products, so that's that's my life now. It's wow. back skincare, one hundred percent. Wow, insane! You know, it's so funny that you mentioned sugar right in the beginning because um, I do these hundred day no sugar challenges from time to time, and I remember the first time I ever did a hundred day no sugar challenge, my skin just cleared up. Right, it it was it a mind blowing experience. And when I t- told my friends about it this seven eight years ago, they would all laugh at me, saying, "Ha ha ha, you're talking about your skin." When you're talking about sugar and you could not make that connection. It's so interesting. And it's tough. Giving up sugar yeah. is tough because it's in everything. 
It's in everything. Ketchup, everything that you consume. Yes, everything. everything that you reach for has sugar in it. It, it. It's quite crazy. So what was the biggest aha moment that you had on this journey? You know, or what was the thing that made you stand up and listen? Like, oh my God, some such a thing exists for skincare. I, I think there's two pieces to that answer. The first big one, and it's followed me through life. And it's, you know, as I, my parents have aged and dealt with their own medical issues in the medical field or with medical science. The big thing I got back then is that you are in charge of your health. And sometimes we forget that. We put the power with the dermatologist or the product or, or you know, the medical specialist or whatever. And we don't always listen to our gut that something is, is not right and don't speak up oftentimes. So it really empowered me. I am not a quiet patient in the doctor's office. No, I don't ever have to go to the doctor's office. I, I had a kidney stone when I was 34. That's the last time I was in a hospital type situation in just right. for a few hours. You know, my blood pressure is good. My cholesterol is good. I exercise, I eat right or as right as I can and um, take care of my skin. So while anything can happen to anyone at any time, it really encouraged the empowered me to speak up if I don't feel well or if something doesn't seem right. I went through that with my mother uh, and her later years of dealing with doctors, um, some that were very, very good, some that were not. And so having the empowerment to like make those changes and speak out. So that's the big thing is to take the take the onus on to yourself that you're in charge of your health and listen to your body. And if you're using a product and it's causing you a problem, don't use it anymore. If you eat a food that causes you issues uh, gastrically or you notice you get skincare issues when you eat it, you know, take your make those choices. The other thing was that the other big aha for me was that there is so little understanding on the part of a consumer of what's in their skincare products. Oh yeah. Really? I mean, it's gotten a little bit better over the last 10 years about knowing what parabens are and preservatives and and those kind of things and what's in sunscreen. That's not good for you, but they still don't really have a working knowledge of what's in a product and when it should be used with another product or not. (laughs) Um, And a lot of times people go, we all have that thing. I'm going to lose weight, so I'm going on the diet. Well, people do the same thing in skincare. They go, I'm going to get my skin looking the best I can get it to look. I'm going to reduce these lines and wrinkles or age spots or whatever. And they throw the kitchen sink at their face. They just start putting, go buy all this stuff, spend hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands, applying all these skincare products. And then their skin goes, whoa. And they have dermatitis or breakouts or the skin actually looks worse. They have a lot of inflammation, which leads to more hyperpigmentation problems and even spider veins. So there's a real lack of the understanding of how this stuff works and how much of it you should use, what strength you should use, what you should look for, how long should you wait before you decide if there are results from a product or not. The skin is very slow Mm -hmm. to improve when it comes to anti-aging. Now, it's not slow to heal from a cut or a scrape, but when it comes to building collagen and reducing fine lines and wrinkles outside of a surgical procedure, it takes months for skincare products to work. And so a lot of people give up too soon or they change them too often. Just a conundrum, that's what I call it. So I try to focus the channel and my information on the blog and probably this new book on understanding that and what's right for you and that there's more than just three or four skin types 
you know, we have oily skin, dry skin, sensitive skin, normal skin. That's what the skincare industry sort of operates under. Oh, but there's more like nine. Oh, wow. What what are the other types? Oh, well, there's oily sensitive, dry sensitive. There's oily acne prone. There is dry sensitive with rosacea, flare-ups, psoriasis, all of it. So you can take these skin. Everybody has a little bit of everything. There really isn't a normal skin, although that's sort of what most everything is done under you know most products are for this normal range i'll say but there are specific there's photo aging all of those there's oily with photo aging dry with photo aging what is photo aging so photo aging is sun damage to your skin Hmm. where you have the discoloration and age spots uh deeper lines and wrinkles so thinning skin is another one that's another issue that people have that's part of a skin type so you can't just go run get something so you have oily you have oily very sensitive skin you go and you get an oily skin face wash well there's probably going to be surfacants in it like sulfites and sulfates which are the same things that are in detergents and they're designed to break down oils remove them can be too caustic for a person with oily skin and actually make the skin cause more oil or create more oil so there's a lot to sort through when it comes to skincare, especially if the skincare industry seems set on continuing to put out new products, which is good. Things are evolving, getting better. But even today, we have a celebrity skincare line that comes out every month or so. I think the last one that came out was Ellen's Kind Mm. to Skin, um, which sounds wonderful. But if you look at the ingredients and not to kick at any celebrity, but you look at the ingredients is really what makes the difference of whether skin's going to Skincare is going to work for you or not. So, you know, one of my favorite celebrity lines is Jennifer Lopez's uh, skincare line because it was well thought out. It's well formulated and has an olive oil base okay. or an Olivier base. So it's very mild. It's going to work across skin types, whereas some of the others, it's just the same stuff you can get in the drugstore for a whole lot less money. <laughs> so, you know, it's, and I try to help people save money. I think the skincare, I guess, credo or code for me is I'm going to help you find skincare that will work for you, not empty your wallet and not do you more harm than it does you good. So we can stay in there uh, in that little window. Uh, it helps people. What are some of the gadgets in the skincare world that you found the most useful and, and, and that you swear by? Funny you would ask that question. <laughs> I just made a prediction this last year that I think that gadget therapies or home devices, red light therapy, radio frequency therapy, all therapy and microtherapy or microcurrent therapy are going to become the centralized portion of a skincare routine with the topicals being the secondary piece. I have been testing for the last year, everything from red light helmets for hair regrowth to red light masks for collagen building to blue photon therapy, microtherapy, microcurrent therapy, RF therapy, the only thing I haven't tried in the home is, is all therapy, which is ultrasound. And there aren't any devices that really provide that yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do they work? Yes. That's for but collagen buildup when, when it shakes your skin. They, right? For collagen yeah. building, they can also help with, because you're working in the deeper layers of the skin and skin moves outward. Mm-hmm. So the skin we see is the very older skin. It's old news. Interesting. <laughs> right. Interesting. Your, your, I like your that. skin is old news. Yeah. Uh, your new news is down below. So, these therapies tend to work deeper in the skin layers, helping to improve collagen production, strengthen elastin, tighten the skin up, thicken it up. They've actually done human biopsies, which is great, not on animals, mm-hmm. to look at these therapies 
three, six, nine months in a year out. And over time, they do work uh, for most people, especially people with thinning skin issues. Lights vary. It doesn't hurt the surface of the skin. It doesn't target anything that's going to create irritation. It's going to work deeper and improve that skin from the lower levels upward. Mm -hmm. So those therapies are really amazing to me. It's amazing that we can get them in the home. If you go to a, uh, a statistician with an A, which is a medical esthetician, or you go to a dermatologist or doctor, those treatments can run anywhere $500 a pop. Yeah. And you have to have three or four of them. These devices are not quite as strong, but can be used more often in the home uh, for longer and provide really beneficial results. I've had a lot of people on the channel be asking me, what are you doing? Your skin's, my skin's always looked good, but it's tighter. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's much more firm. It was never in bad shape, but it's as firm as it was in my thirties. And that's because of the red light therapies I've been using. I know that's what it is because it's the only thing I'm doing that's different. Interesting. So, so yeah, they do work, um, but they take time. So you have to be patient yeah. with those. Very, very patient with them. Very patient. Before going ahead, we'll take a quick break. And we are back. In fact, you know, there were two things that I wanted to discuss. One is the toxins in the products that we use, right? Which is why I started looking at gadgets like we were discussing, like red light therapy, etc. For, for my skincare. And um, I read this book called The Toxin Solution. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. It's crazy. So it is one of the few books that I stopped halfway because I was too scared to continue finish to read that. Because the <laughs> oh, number of things that... it was telling you what's in everything? Oh my <laughs> God, right? It, yes. it, it was just so scary. And um, after that, I made like a few choices on what I put on my skin, what I put on my body, etc. Um, what are some of the things that you feel that people should be a wary of when they start down this journey of skincare? What are the things that they should definitely not even think about touching going down that route? Most of the crazy stuff you see on TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> you know, DIY is a big thing because it saves money and it sounds good and it sounds more natural, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of the stuff that I see DIY things like lemon juice, lime juice, bear, you know, things that a person might be allergic to that, that don't patch test. You want to be careful of that stuff. Toothpaste, certainly anything that is not designed to go on skin should go on skin. Mm. I mean, you're supposed to spit toothpaste out and there's some whole, I'm sure you read that. I'm sure in that book, they talked about toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because it is, it, it's it is really, you don't ever want to swallow your toothpaste. <laughs> so really that's one thing. The other is to really look at your labels. You want to stay away from, we don't see parabens much anymore, but there are some things in our skincare products that can be a big problem for a lot of people. First of all is denatured alcohol. Now, when you look at a label, you will see several alcohols usually. Some of those say ester alcohol. And those are fatty alcohols. They're really fats. They're not the alcohols. They call them that because of the way they are emulsified. They help products work better, hold things together versus, say, a wax, which can be a problem for people because waxes can block pores, obviously. So mm -hmm. denatured alcohol, however, is very drying. It is alcohol. It's as drying as if you rubbed your hands with rubbing alcohols. Same type of thing. So that's one thing. What would it be called in a product? Would it be called denatured alcohol? What? It would say denatured alcohol. Okay. All right. It'll either say denatured alcohol or just alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's the two. They won't label it differently. If you see anything else that's like ESTR dash alcohol, that's okay. Hmm. The other thing is fragrance. In the United States, the FDA does not require companies to divulge what fragrance is. So it could be synthetic. It could be natural. The issue with that is synthetic fragrance can be very irritating to people's skin. Think of your air fresheners that you have in your house. Maybe you don't want that on your skin if you've ever gotten that oil. 
Um, It can be very irritating and caustic. That's the same type of oils they use in synthetic fragrance. That's what it is. Um, The other thing is essential oils, making sure that you're not... Essential oils are great. I mean, they really are, and they can be very useful medicinally, but be sure your patch test with that. If you're going to buy a product that has lavender is a problem for me. I love the way it smells, but on my skin, it causes a rash. So I can't use products with lavender, even though it's a great medicinal oil, natural Mm -hmm. oil. So just because something is natural (laughs) doesn't mean it's going to work on your skin. So you need to patch test. But fragrance is a big deal for a lot of people. I just tell most folks, if you can find something fragrance free, just go ahead and get it that way. Uh, Companies have really started to embrace that. I know Neutrogena has pretty much taken their entire line and done fragrance free. I know L'Oreal, these are some of the bigger skincare companies. Yeah. Keyless, has I think it's removed, fragrance free. Yeah. Yeah. been removing the fragrance because you don't really need it. And most skincare, if it's well formulated and they use really good ingredients, it smells okay anyway. I mean, it's not cologne. <laughs> so, you know, you, especially when you put multiple thing. products and each of them have their own fragrance. So you basically got a right. potpourri of yeah. different things on your face then. Exactly. So that's one. And then of course, the thing that I mentioned before, sulfites, sulfates, uh, strip natural oils from your hair and your skin can be really a problem for a lot of people, especially you have dry skin or you live in a climate that's dry. Mm. Not so good. And uh, those are really the main ones there pretty much until you get to sunscreens, most of the most dangerous chemicals are out of there, but there are some things that can cause people problems like petroleum, uh, petrolatum can be a problem for some people. Some people are allergic to that. Um, You know, Vaseline is a big thing out here. So a lot of people use Vaseline, the petroleum jelly. Oh yeah. Slugging. Ah, slugging. Um, the thing about Vaseline is it is great if you have dry skin um, because it's going to trap moisture uh, into your skin. So when it is formulated into products, uh, Vaseline has a line of products. It's broken down into uh, smaller molecule components. It works with other hydrators on the skin. So it's not a problem where it's going to block pores and not allow them to breathe. Vaseline itself is a problem for people that have like acne issues or ingrown hairs, anything because you're trapping that bacteria in the pore. Um, so you kind of have to weigh the, it's a personal choice. Um, the slugging thing where people put on their, their, do their routine and then they sleep with a layer of Vaseline on their face. Same kind of issue. Um, you don't really, with good skincare products, you really don't need the extra layer of Vaseline. Mm-hmm. If you're using a good hydrating night moisturizer like CeraVe or something that has ceramides in it, which is much better for your skin. But will it trap moisture in your skin? Yes, it will. So it really is a personal thing. It's not going to poison you. Vaseline jelly is not poisonous to the body. It's, you know, it's been used for years and years. I personally like oils better. If you're going to do that, use an argan oil or some moringa oil or some kind of natural oil that's very beneficial to the skin so that you're getting that, that coverage as far as moisture, but you're also getting some sort of benefit because outside of a protectant, Vaseline has no inherent benefit to your skin. That's it. It just protects your skin, you know, and it it does a great job at it. I mean, I've lived up North. I don't now I'm in Florida, but I remember having really bad dry skin in the wintertime because I grew up in the South and I skin was like, where are we? The Arctic. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And I had to go to the dermatologist because I had no idea what was going on. He said, oh, you have dry skin. It's winter skin is what we call it up here. And, Mm. And so he said, you have to get out of your shower, make sure you moisturize and put 
on the patches that you have, put a layer of, of Vaseline to coat that and it will go away. And it did. So there are good uses for that. I just don't believe in slathering it all over yourself and your sheets and your pillow. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> messy. It just gets everywhere. It's very messy. But in certain circumstances, uh, it can be very helpful for dry skin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So when it comes to anti-aging, like you said you're 58, impossible. Eh? But apart from that, like what, what are the key factors that people should keep in mind when thinking about anti-aging? Well, first of all, protecting your skin from the sun. Okay. That's number one. And there's a lot of, we could spend a lot of time in the conjecture about sunscreens. Are they safe? Are they not? I like mineral-based sunscreens over chemical because there are chemicals in sunscreens that have been shown to cause disruption in hormone production, especially in children. So yeah, I get that one, but you do need to protect your skin from the sun. I love when I have traveled to countries like Spain and Southern Spain, those type of countries, they use clothing a lot. So there are clothing, there's clothing that's designed to be cooler, but protect you from the sun hats, the long Mm. sleeve shirts in Florida. You see that a lot because it's hot here all the time and sunny, but you need to protect your skin from sun damage. And now we have the lovely blue light, (laughs) which is on my face right now uh, from our digital devices, which is being shown. We know it causes eye damage if it's too much of it, eye strain from it, but it also is associated with some of the photo aging issues that come about with ultraviolet light. So I spent some time on the channel talking about blue light protection. There are, this year we will see a whole lot of products come out that protect for that mm-hmm. as well as the UV light. But the reason you want to protect your skin is obviously skin cancer is a big problem. Over time, we accumulate that damage and it shows up at later years. Because remember, we talked about the skins down here and it moves up. Mm -hmm. The structure of the skin over your years, same thing. As we lose fat in the layers of our skin, uh, those issues begin to show up. Dark spots, uh, wrinkling, that coarse texture to the skin, skin cancers, all of those issues. The great news is that no matter where you are, you when you start using sunscreen or protecting your skin from the sun on a regular basis, you can reverse a lot of the damage and that's without a product because the energy that your skin is using to protect itself and our skin does do that to a degree. And of course, the high, we know the higher your diet is in minerals and like carotenoids, like you know, beta carotene, that type of thing, it can defend itself even better. Um, but that energy goes into creating healthier skin cells and structure. So your skin's going to expend a lot of energy to protect you from the sun by producing extra melan- melanin in your skin to, to provide that protection. The problem is, is the damage to the DNA and those skin cells, skin cells replicate. You don't get new ones. You get new ones through replication. So if a skin cell is damaged in the DNA level, it's going to continue to produce damaged cells. And that's mm-hmm. where we get skin cancers from. So it's very, very important. That's number one. I attribute a lot of my anti-aging or lack of photo aging to using sunscreen. And I can, I tell people this test all the time, check an area of your body, your butt (laughs) against (laughs) the parts of your skin that have been exposed. And that's the level of sun damage that you have. Interesting. You don't need to go get that light. You can get the light where they turn it on and you can see it all, but that is really the difference. So protect your skin, you know, and then we have products that uh, can help reverse some of that. You know, we have retinol, retinol, retinol retinoic acid, basically, which helps those cells correct some of that DNA damage, 
helps the skin slough off those damaged cells and replace them with healthier ones. So that we've actually seen like prescription level tretinoin, which is known as Retin-A, actually remove precancerous cells from the skin. Wow. That's pretty significant. So we're going to see more and more as science gets better and better at looking at these very nano versions of how our cells work, they're going to be able to do more and more with products, but it's easier to prevent it than to turn it around. So mm-hmm. I always tell people sunscreen's like number one. That and hydration. Sunscreen hydration. and hydration. Hydration for sure. You need to be, yes. you need to have a bottle next to you. Keep sipping yep. it through the day. What about the stuff that you eat, the stuff that you consume? What are the things that help you with your um, anti-aging or your skin? Yeah, I, I just did a video. It was a health got study that came out that looked at biological age in people who are sedentary versus people who change their diet to a more vegetarian style, still had lean meats, olive oil, lots of omega-3s, lots of leafy green vegetables with the minerals in them. And then 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes of moderate exercise five times a week to maybe every day that's, you know, that's walking, playing with your dog, play with your significant other. I don't care. Just some sort of activity movement Hmm. movement was actually able to reverse three years of biological aging on people Wow. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. In that's eight it. Weeks, eight weeks mm. of consistency. Of course, you know, in the health game, weight loss, skincare, aging, it's consistency and discipline are the two things that get everybody because mm. I'll start it, but I won't stick with it. <laughs> you know, so it does make a big difference. And of course, if you do more, you see more. Now, I tell people don't run out and become a, a fitness nut because if you look at people and it's just a fact of life that have been super hard sports figures or fitness figures. We produce a lot of free radical damage when we go too far with our fitness. And that begins to show up later in life as well. And you see that hard look that people have. I think yoga is a great alternative. I know a lot of people, now that I'm 58, it's funny because life gives me evidence of who didn't make it. <laughs> to my age, what their life was like, who made it to my age, who's healthy, who's not healthy, who has, who looks younger than they are, who looks older than they are. As you get towards 60, your whole, you've, your whole life around you, the evidence becomes very apparent. Correct. So I'm very adamant about sunscreen. I'm very adamant about what you're talking about diet, getting that sugar out of there because we know sugar damages skin cells. Mm. We know that it hinders collagen production and too much of it obviously leads to other issues like diabetes, but it also high glycemic, I cannot speak today, high glycemic foods actually raise your blood sugar, but your blood and your body cannot produce enough of the enzymes to break that sugar down. So it oxidizes. Mm. It becomes a really bad free radical. Uh, That oxidation causes the, the disintegration of organs, all of that stuff, diabetes, you know, the things we've seen that externally later in people that have sugar related diabetes. Correct. So getting sugar as un, you know, refined sugar is what I'm talking about. Not like fruits, you know, not like sugars that come from food that is not processed, but you know, here in the American diet was people eat a cup of sugar a day. If you just ate regular food and you didn't have a piece of cake or a piece of candy, you would consume about a cup of sugar a day. You're supposed to, you know, the the limit is two teaspoons 
high fructose corn syrup that's that's predominant everywhere now yes, in america yeah, uh, yeah yeah and and so so you want to look for alternatives we use stevia in our household mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot because it doesn't do anything to your glycemic index it's very it's very sweet very similar you can cook with it uh, but there are a lot of plant sweeteners that are coming out that get you away from like uh, aspartame and the right. others that have been shown problems for people and then, you know, when you, when your diet is cleaned up that way and you're living that way and leaning that way, when the time comes that you need to have that piece of birthday cake or whatever, you can have it. It's not going to cause a problem. You know, it's just not, I know I learned that when I was battling acne, I could get away with a couple of days of eating some stuff like that. But as soon as it got out three, four or five days later, the, the breakout started. So it really does quickly um, aggravate those kinds of situations. The thing in the body we want to reduce is inflammation and sugar cause too much sugar causes an increase in inflammation. So inflammation is the bad guy, obviously it's the good guy. When you've got a sore that needs to heal, it's definitely the good guy. But when it is an ongoing chronic condition, we know that it causes issues with heart health, other organ, kidney health, liver health, and definitely, definitely skin is in there. It's your largest organ. So it's not going to affect the other ones without affecting your skin too. Beautiful. I'm so happy that you spoke about sugar in this format because, you know, we don't normally think about it. We're just like, what products can I use? We want a quick fix thing. But it's actually something as important as this. So, you know, Chris, last question for this podcast, which is you're at the cutting edge of this, right? You, this is your business. You are at the leading edge of, you know, what's happening in the skincare world and skincare game. What are some of the things that you're seeing that are coming up in the future that are going to be very exciting things that you are excited about and that are going to come soon? Yeah, I'm most excited about the evolvement and development of these alternative therapies to topical products. Because there's so many people that they have sensitive skin and they just can't use other, they can't use retinol. They can't even use vitamin C serum. They just, they just can't tolerate it. So especially people with rosacea, psoriasis, these therapies, these light-based therapies, microcurrent therapies, these RF radio, radio frequency therapies are going to be available in the home for just a few dollars compared to what they would cost in an office visit. And I think that that's really where everything is going you'll be able to go get these really deeper therapies like like microneedling is a really great therapy. It works by pricking the skin. And again, it's not a topical, but it makes your products work better. It pricks the very top layer of the skin, makes your skin produce stem cells thinking it's been damaged and needs to repair itself, which leads to thicker skin and collagen. You can go in the office and get these done and the needles are quite deep, (laughs) Uh, but they have home versions that can give you similar results over longer time that goes deep that, you know, aren't as just the roller, right? Those rollers, just the roller. That's the roller, the little needles on Mm, it. Right. That's been shown to improve things like stretch marks, which people have not been able to get any improvement with other than injections. Oh, that's huge. Um, You can use cream. Yeah. You can use creams and looks that help hydration always helps skin look better. It always plumps out things, but it's temporary. Whereas, the microneedling is telling the skin to produce more collagen and it does give an even looking on some people and everybody's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Everybody responds to everything a little bit differently, but for the stretch marks, well, what I've seen with microneedling, it's pretty incredible. I'm like, wow, I didn't you know, wow. think you'd ever be able to repair that because of the way a stretch mark is formed. So that's, it's going to, I really believe that these type of non-topical therapies are going to be the core 
of skincare, and then your topicals are going to be your supportive function. You're still going to be doing a skincare routine at night. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. If you were to look at what my day is like, I use gadgets, you know, because I'm testing them out. And then that I make sure that I'm very consistent with whatever the time frame is that the manufacturer is asking you to use the device. And then, of course, my topicals. And I've seen the deeper changes in my skin that you wouldn't get with a topical with these type of devices, especially that firm, firming. Yeah. My skin is like firm. I'm like, wow. So, you know, I guess other things, you know, other things to play a part, diet, fitness, uh, the type of products you use and how you care for yourself and consistent you are. But I think these therapies are going to become more and more pervasive and common in the house. That's crazy. So. You know, I'm looking forward to these gadgets. I, I, I love gadgets and the whole biohacking space. And so I'm looking forward to this change that's going to come in. in, in yeah. Okay. And there's results, you know, it's not some gimmicky thing. You know, I went out going, okay, well, let's see how much this, you know, the, especially the hair growth helmets, those things, I know they from look the funny. Hair, the from the red helmets, light. Yes, oh, really? it actually helps people regrow hair. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, they've been trying to solve that problem. And again, does everybody get a full head of hair back? No, uh, because everybody's situation is different. But I've never seen anything produce, not minoxidil, well, other than maybe hair grafts or something, but I have never seen in men and women a, anything that would do that that would cause hair that was no longer there to regrow. That's fantastic. And it's a light, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So Absolutely. yeah, pretty amazing stuff. I need to try it out. Maybe help on gray hair or something. Let's figure it out. Lovely. It's crazy. Chris, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and chatting with us. I'm looking forward to our next podcast where we're going to be talking about morning routines and evening routines. I think that's going to be fantastic. And let's get our habits in place. So Chris, sure. thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. How can people reach out to you? What are your various handles? Where can people get out and, and continue this conversation with you? Well, obviously YouTube, which is behind me, <laughs> is the primary way that people find me now. So it's just Chris Gibson. Uh, you can type in Chris Gibson and any skincare issue in the YouTube search bar or Google and up comes a video. I have 400 of them. Wow. And um, there's also a blog called Skin So Fabulous, which all of that information is all and every description of every video, I have my social media. It's Chris Gibson Friends on Facebook, and it is Skin So Fabulous on Instagram, and Chris Gibson Friends on Instagram. So very, TikTok, I now have a TikTok too. <laughs> I just started that. Um, Dance and do a skincare by, routine. Absolutely. Skincare by Chris. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you know, his TikTok's got to be different a little bit. So I'm everywhere. Really, if you if you if you look for me, so but YouTube is where you're going to get the most resources next to the blog, the Skin So Fabulous blog, and all that stuff's free, obviously. Um, and I do respond to my questions and comments. Brilliant uh, on those platforms. You had mentioned so, a book. Is it still in uh, in print? Yes. Yep. Acne free in three days. Is wow! In how three I, days, really. Acne free in three days. How I cleared my own acne condition in three days. No over-the-counters, no prescriptions. <laughs> I, I talked about that book for five years on television. Yes. But the good news is if you go to my website, which is chrisgibsonlive.com, mm -hmm. which again, it's linked to all the other places, you can get the ebook version of that free. Okay. Wow. 
All right. So okay. you don't have to pay for it because I'm going to do, I'm going to do a new skincare book. So I don't really, I try people, you can buy them. You can absolutely uh, you can buy them on Amazon, you know, the regular places, but I give it free now because you know, it served its purpose. And now new generations of stuff coming out, even the light there, there's even light therapy for acne now, which is like purple blue light that helps uh, kill the bacteria that causes it. So, so these masks actually for, have them, right? They have different, color scheme yeah, yeah i i have one that i use that i tested out by cure q-u-r-e and that one has the all of the different modalities mm. and it. it has red light therapy it has that blue purple light for acne bacteria it's amazing amazing you know and then blue photon uh, therapy all of that stuff so and it has an app for your phone so they're really coming along with these mm. it just keeps getting better and better and better but if i have one thing to tell everybody it's consistency you got to be consistent just like in weight loss, fitness, and anything else. You've got to be consistent with your skincare if you want to get results. Yeah. So You have to make them habits. And that's why yeah. this podcast, absolutely. Make a habit. <laughs> Lovely. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks. Awesome. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.